are listening to Open Mic Friday Law and Gospel on this August the 2nd in the year of our Lord 2019. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and I'm here to attempt to answer any of your questions of a biblical nature, of course. Now, sometimes I may not know the answer, and I'll give it at the beginning of the next program, which will be this coming Monday. But if you have a question in any area, don't hesitate to give a ring. The number in St. Louis is 821-0850. And the toll-free number is 1-800-730-2727. What we would like to talk about in waiting for a call is what we were talking about yesterday with Wes Reimnitz, that it's an idea that we understand that youth have different forces moving them in one direction or another because of their feelings about morality, etc. And the three areas we talked about The first was the law. That's really important. The second is culture. And the third, peers. And it's all about a conversation. When you send your son or daughter to college, how can you be sure that they will continue in the faith that you brought them up in? Well, the first thing is to make sure you did bring them up in the faith by having them attend church and Sunday school, vacation, Bible school, confirmation, and the like. But I was saying that law can have a big impact on a teenager. For example, if they're going down the street and the mileage is 30 miles per hour, That tells them they are permitted to go up to 30 miles per hour on that street. Their mind takes a look at laws that, for example, allow for gay marriage. And since there's a law of the land that allows for that, according to the Supreme Court, therefore they think they are allowed to be involved in a gay marriage. And this is where... We really need to help our students understand God's biblical point of view. That just because there's a law in the land that permits us to do something, we need to remember that Bible verse when the apostles were told not to preach Christ. And they said, no, we obey God rather than man. And, and so the church needs to do a good job in sharing with youngsters, teenagers, youth, what is the will of God? From a law gospel perspective, that is referred to as the third use of the law. The first use, and we've talked about this before, is for the government to bridle hostility, riots, crimes. The government is given the law not only to arrest people who break it, but also to incarcerate them or fine them. The second use that God has for his law is for the church to accuse people 
of their sinfulness so they become aware they need a Savior. Remember, John the Baptizer had the privilege of being the forerunner of Jesus. And how did he do that? He kept talking about the law and how people were failing it. And therefore, this was really setting the path for Jesus, who was to come, who would, according to his Sermon on the Mount, fulfill the law on our behalf and then transfer that obedience over to us so that from God's point of view, we are considered sinless and holy. No other religion in the world even gets near this. Then the third use of the law, when a person becomes a Christian, they don't become divine in omniscience. What does that mean? That he knows everything. And so he really needs to understand what the will of God is. And we learn that from uh, the Ten Commandments and from many, many of the teachings that Jesus provides us. So that's kind of a little background from yesterday. So without further ado, why don't we go to the phone lines right now. And what we want to do is give the numbers out. 821-0850, toll-free 1-800-730-2727. And let's start off with Michael. Hi, Michael, you're on the air. Hi. Yeah, I was listening to you guys Hey, Michael, Michael. Yes. You forgot to say, how am I doing? Oh, I know you're doing okay. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> Um, no, what I was, what I was think, I was listening to you guys talk about that that gal, the Bachelorette, you know. Yes. And she said something that I, I forgot what, but it was she dropped the guy that she picked because he because of something because he had sex with some other gal or something yes. like that. But but let me tell you something. That's probably not her real reason because women are subtle and secretive. They never really tell you what they're thinking. So I, I wouldn't take what she said at face value. But well, obviously, Michael, you are not married. Huh? <laughs> because no, I'm married, I, I and women do tell you what they're thinking. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe in that case they do. But... What do you mean in that case? you you got to be a little careful here. We don't want to put women in a situation where every time they are talking, you're saying they're lying? Well, anyway, I'll say this, though. Uh, okay, you tell me she's this. A, she's an example of, uh, you know, like Judas of Iscariot, you know, where... Where when Jesus, you know, when he taught the Lord's Prayer, it says, lead us not into temptation, you know? Yes. And you know how Jesus just, you know, he kind of let, he led Judas into temptation. He just, you know, he gave his approval for Judas to betray him, you know? But he and did not lead him into temptation. No, he, well, by by omission and commission he did. Yeah, I no, no, say. no, no. In fact, I'm going to tell you something. I did not know this until two weeks ago. What's that? Um, the, um, you know, we've got the Western Church, the Roman Catholic, and us, and we have the Eastern Church. Right. We have seven petitions in the Lord's Prayer. The Eastern Church only has six. You know why? They no. combine these two. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
they consider the deliver us from evil as to what God is doing. He never leads us into temptation. He's always delivering us from evil. But if we don't listen to him and have faith in him, then we fall into temptation, and it's our fault. He never leads us into temptation. Well, now, if you look at in Second Thessalonians, it says that, that God will send you a delusion of pleasure that you will believe in a lie, but in the end you'll suffer for your sins. So he, so he, so he does. Uh, he does. You know, reinforce it when you're going in that direction. You know. Well, I would say just like a parent, you know, a parent has a bunch of rules, and sometimes they allow you more freedom because they expect you to stay within the rules. But then when you don't, it's not that the parents led you into temptation. For example, for some reason, I like throwing stones, you know, at uh, telephone poles, things like that. And often I would end up breaking a window. Wow. Well, well, my dad would let me stay home alone, and then if I broke a window, would you say he led me into that temptation because he let me stay at home alone? No, I wouldn't say that, but 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 God's a little bit different the way he operates, though. And, <laughs> He's a lot different, yes. Well, I'm saying, like, if you look in Psalms, I mean, it, and that it says that, uh, that, that he actually laughs at people who think they can get away with sin, so... So I mean, not only does he lead them in temptation, but he laughs about it when they when he punishes them for it. Well, that laughing though is really talking about an attitude that he has, where he's taking a look at it, and it's kind of like haven't you ever seen um, uh, a movie? And let's say a woman decides to go get her car, and she's walking down a dark alley, and you begin smiling to yourself because you know what's going to be happening. <laughs> yeah, but. Well, I would say, like, getting back to the bachelorette, though, I mean, uh, it, it's really God that's, that's deceiving her, making her think the stuff she thinks, that she can uh, have a sex life, and, and, and she, you know, Jesus still loves her, but in the end, God's going to punish her, and he's going to laugh about it when he does it. Well, didn't you just say God is different in why he laughs and why we laugh. And so we got to let the wisdom of God take over there. And even if that verse is correct, it's not because he's laughing because he's enjoying it. He never enjoys anything where the person is going against the will of God. Well, I wouldn't be too sure of that if I were you. Oh, I am absolutely sure of that. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. what I mean, but you shouldn't be. Well, okay, well, I'll have to think about what you said. I know you will. Thank you, I Mike. Do. All right, God bless. And we're just going to go down the line here, and we're going to be talking to Steve. You're on the air. Okay. Well, uh, I'm in my car, and I can't do radio and phone at the same time, so I did not hear what the previous guests talked about to know if I'm repeating anything. But um, anyway, so I was reading the, towards the end of First Corinthians, and Paul was talking about resurrection, and he seemed to say that, when Jesus comes back is when everybody will be resurrected. And I just was, sometimes I'm under the impression that we would go to heaven now rather than be kind of waiting until Jesus comes back when we die. And I just wondered what your thoughts were. Plus, I've had people, relatives on their deathbed, talk about following the light and going to Christ at that very moment. Yes. Well, you do know that when a person, a Christian, dies, what is resurrected immediately is his spirit to be with Jesus. His body is not 
risen from the dead until judgment day. So there is a time period. We call it the interim. Uh, does that help answer your question? Yeah, yeah, I didn't understand that. Uh, where do you, where does it talk about that, or how do we know that? Uh, we know that from various passages. For for example, the Bible talks about that on that last day, those who are living will appear in the clouds with those who died. So our bodies will be transformed, if we're still living here on earth, into our heavenly bodies, and those who are in the grave, they will receive a resurrection from the dead at the same time, and that's talking about on the day of judgment. Okay, so there's like a two-stage process. Spiritual goes to heaven, and the regular body goes when Jesus comes back. Well said. That's very good. Okay. <laughs> Okie doke. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. For example, this is found in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And I hope Steve has his radio on now. Paul begins chapter 4, verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. Now, that means they're dead, their bodies are in the grave, that you may not grieve as others who do not have any hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So what is that going to occur? Well, obviously, he's talking about judgment day. Verse 15, for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. Now, here we go. That who we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Now, what that means is that they or us will not first be being taken into heaven in the body with Jesus Christ. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So those who are in the grave will rise and then simultaneously, listen to verse 17. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is why... Even though we know that a person who has died and we're having a funeral for them, that their spirit, if they are a Christian, is in heaven with Jesus, we will see them again in the body on the day of judgment. Because both those of us who are alive here on earth and those whose bodies are in the grave or, or wherever, uh, you may have died because of a boat accident 
and they never found your body, and it could have been eaten by various items who are in the sea. But God will bring it back, just as he created Adam and Eve out of nothing, out of the dust of the earth. So he certainly can recreate, but you'll have a better body. Because according to Revelation, there'll be no sorrow, no sickness, no death, no pain. You'll be in total bliss. So that's a good point, Steve, that a lot of people still don't know about, about the importance of the day of judgment. Now, maybe some people have a question on that. Don't hesitate to give me a ring. Our numbers, St. Louis, 821-0850. Toll free, 1-800-730-2727. Now, I, I receive a lot of emails from folks. In fact, I get over 100 emails a day. That's why I don't respond. Although only about 10, 15 of them are actually things I got to listen to. A lot of that is spam. I mean, if I'm invited to go on another Caribbean cruise, I don't know what I'm going to do. But that's a lot of times what's being spoken about in these emails. Or you can now buy holsters for your gun that are hidden. And they're supposed to be really good. All right, ready to go back to the phone lines now. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and who am I speaking with here? Oh, they're not up yet? Okay. Well, there they are. Hello, you're on the air. Hi. Hey. What's your name? This is David. David, how can I help you? Well, I get a kick out of you and Mike when you when you uh, talk on the <laughs> on Fridays. I know <laughs> you guys make a pair. Um, I just wanted to call and give you a suggestion. Like um, maybe you can do, if it's possible, more like open mic Fridays, Monday, and Tuesdays, because I think there's a lot of people out there that have questions, and um, it'd be it'd be interesting if you had more of a question and answer show like that more more um, during the week than some of the things? Yeah, one of the things I've been thinking about when Wes is on and we're talking about a subject, people could have questions while we're talking about it. Here's part of the uh, problem we have, David, is I'm on at 9.30 in the morning. A lot of people are already at work. Many of my listeners listen to the program when they get home after work, so they're not listening live. And that's why it's difficult at times to um, get callers. But um, we'll give some thought to that. I, I've been thinking about opening up, uh, even with Mark Smith on the hymn, in case somebody had a question on that. Uh, the other problem is that means I have to have a call screener. And the only time I have a call screener is on Fridays. So it's difficult to screen the calls since we don't have somebody else in here. Wow, you have to go cold turkey. You just uh, 
I've done that. Yeah. Um, In fact, I thought I might have to do that today because our regular call screener, she has the day off, but it was taken over by somebody else. So, and then I look up on the screen and your uh, name is there and uh, we kind of go from there. But I, I know you're not the first to talk about that. I think, boy, the Roman Catholic Church, you know, they have... EWTN, they have, I don't know, over 100 radio stations. And a lot of times they'll have open mic. And there's so many radio stations they have that they have a system where you could call in earlier and ask the question. And then the priest attempts to answer it. And it's very interesting. Unfortunately, we only have one radio station. They have um, something called Catholic Answers Live. I know. Five five to seven o'clock central time here, and it goes for two hours. And they have apologists on there, and people call in and ask questions. And and you need to remember yeah, it, that that's not coming from one radio station. That's coming from any of their radio stations that they have. Yeah, right. So it so makes it a it's, lot it's easier. Wide. Right. Yeah, issues, okay. etc. cetera. We, they have two hours a day, and they often will give their phone number in case you have a question, and rarely does anybody phone them. And that's, again, because the vast majority of people listen to the archive. For example, I've been told when I do the Sunday school lesson on Tuesday uh, during the week, there's about 10,000 people that download that program who are Sunday school teachers, but they're not listening to it live. Uh, Immediately it comes up. And so that's part of the problem in not being able to have every time uh, open mic. But we'll get some thinking to that. I guess you're going to have to become Catholic and get on EWTN. I already (laughs) am Catholic. I know. (laughs) It's just that uh, they're not going to let me on EWTN uh, very long at all because I'll be speaking contrary to what they have in regard to praying to Mary, purgatory, indulgences, and and so forth. But uh, That was was meant to give you a little chuckle there. Yes, a a smile like uh, God laughs sometimes too. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you so much for your uh, insight, David. It's something we need to kind of look at. I, I, I think it's because of the problem that we have here is that we are around the world. I get emails from people where I was in Novosibirsk for a few weeks, uh, Australia, parts of Asia, But it's always because they're listening later on. In fact, I have truck drivers. I know I have them because they have emailed me where they will wait till they get home for the weekend. And then they'll tape the five programs and listen to them in their truck during the following week. And in fact, one of the truck drivers was so impressed with what uh, Martin Luther said about the Lord's Supper that uh, in Latin, he put on his uh, truck the idea that this is truly the body and blood of Christ. And people keep asking him about that. So we have a lot of listeners, but not all of them are listening live, and we just kind of 
uh, understand that. But you can still email me with anything during the week. Let's say you have a question. You don't have to wait till open mic Friday. Email me, and like I did today, I responded uh, to emails, and we're only too happy to do that. But it would be really interesting to have an open mic time on KFUO, and a number of the programs do allow people to phone in, but it's hard to get people phoning in when very few people may be listening at that particular time. That's one of the disadvantages of having our programs archived is you don't have to listen live. But then that causes the problem when we're trying to get phone calls. But um, we're doing all right on Open Mic Friday. And Monday we'll be taking a look at a one of the lessons from that particular Sunday, the following Sunday of Pentecost. And we'll taking a look at it, not just helping you understand it, but to how to apply it from a law and gospel perspective. Because I think that's really what needs to be done. Understanding the text is one thing. You may know a shepherd picks up a sheep, takes it home. But how to apply it to your life, that's why you're listening to KFUO. I'm Tom Baker. Till Monday, when we meet again, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.